And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We take a look at the fantasy football trade market with the trade deadline approaching on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 here at The Athletic for Wednesday, November 18th. I am Michael Beller, joined by Derek Van Riper. We are moving the calendar over to week 11. Three weeks left in your standard fantasy football regular season. The playoffs inching ever closer. Derek, how are we feeling here today? Feeling pretty good. Glad we are rolling through this season and excited to talk about some players who've been on the move in fantasy leagues because it's going to really set the stage for some pretty nice schedules down the stretch. Yeah, it's uh, you know Tuesday, uh, the, which is obviously the day previous from this recording, uh, from this episode, uh, is pretty much a dead day in the NFL. Don't get a ton of news, a ton of information, and obviously that's what this show is built around. So we figured we're going to do something a little bit different. Some of you maybe have already had your trade deadlines passed, but still have some trade deadlines ahead of us here. And so we thought this is really the time of year, your last opportunity to make a trade, whether you need to get two more wins to get into the playoffs or whether you're sitting at eight and two, sitting pretty, you've already clinched a playoff berth and you're looking ahead to playoff schedules. This is your last opportunity to get that final push that you might need to get you whatever it is that you're looking for. So we took a look at uh, the trade market on Yahoo. Yahoo's got a really nice tool showing us uh, the players who have been most frequently traded uh, over the last couple of days. Uh, really, this one we're looking at is just actually uh, over the previous 24 hours. So this is really real-time trades. So how many times players have been traded? You can see who players have been traded for. It's a really neat tool. And you know we're using this just sort of as a 30,000-foot view of guys who are on the move in fantasy football leagues. And the most traded player, Derek and I were trying to knock the ideas back and forth for what we are going to do today and then we get to this most traded player and this is really what made us seize on this idea because the most traded player by far in the Yahoo uh, market is Derrick Henry traded almost 1600 times in the previous 24 hours and I totally get what the people who are receiving Derrick Henry are doing but I can't figure out for the life of me DVR what the people who are trading Derrick Henry away are doing this is a legit locked in RB1 with an awesome playoff schedule yeah so I think we're far enough into the season now. We generally feel like we have a good sense of how good or bad defenses are in most facets of the game. And some of that might have been injuries and some of those players who cause those defenses to fall apart might be coming back. Other cases, you're just not going to get that sort of late season correction. For Derrick Henry, it's all about the fantasy playoffs. Week 14, 15, and 16, you have the Jags, the Lions, and the Packers. And based on fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs, those are the two worst defenses in the Lions and Packers and the fifth worst in the Jags. So it's pretty much the easiest fantasy schedule for a running back you can imagine. Derrick Henry's workloads week over week are extremely stable. I think we've seen him get 
less than 20 touches on exactly one occasion this season, and he still rushed for 112 yards in that game and found the end zone. So it's all about the matchups. We know the usage is good. If you're already in a position where you feel really confident you're making the playoffs, it absolutely makes sense to find a way to get to Henry. You're obviously going to give a lot to get him, but you may have someone who's scrambling to make the playoffs, and maybe you can leverage some short-term matchups for that long-term gain in your league by acquiring Henry. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's there are people out there who, despite having Derrick Henry, are sitting at five and five or something like that, and they are trading with someone who's eight and two, or they're sitting at four and six, and they need the wins now, and that person can bank the wins or has already banked the wins and is looking at that playoff schedule. Maybe there's some sort of swaps like that going on because I can't imagine really wanting to give up Derrick Henry given who he is, what his production is, and that playoff schedule that you just laid out there, Derrick. The next guy on the list, I think this is for every position, not just, yes, he's the next most traded running back. He's also just the next most traded player, period. Guy we've been talking about in this context quite a bit, Jonathan Taylor. The funny thing about Jonathan Taylor is that he's been traded 1,048 times and dropped 1,842 times. So obviously that's going to depend on the size of your league. I don't play in any leagues where Jonathan Taylor would be dropped, even though he has played the way he has played to this point of the season. But man, you talk about playoff schedules. I still don't want to totally fade this guy. I could still see being someone who is eight and two and taking that chance on him. Yeah. I mean, I think with Taylor, it's a little bit more of a Hopefully, by the time the playoffs roll around, he's secured the largest share of the touches in this Colts backfield. It's been a revolving door, and he hasn't had more than 12 carries in a game since week four. So, obviously, things are trending in the wrong direction. It is finally an opportunity to actually buy low on Jonathan Taylor. You probably have willing Jonathan Taylor managers who will trade him away for quite a bit less than what they drafted him for. His schedule's good pretty much every week the rest of the way. There's one tough matchup in championship week against the Steelers, but the Packers, the Titans, the Texans, the Raiders, the Texans, I almost have it memorized by now because we've talked about it so much. (laughs) All near the bottom of the league in terms of their ability to stop opposing running games. So I could see Taylor, even in situations, shallow leagues where he's been dropped, you you want to go out and pick him up, and he's worth stashing on your bench because there is a lot of talent there. If the backfield gets thinned out by another injury, that could also be the thing that bumps Jonathan Taylor back into a 15-plus touch-per-week sort of workload. So it absolutely makes sense. He's just not the kind of must-start player that someone like Derrick Henry is. The other guy that we've heard a lot about recently is Lamar Jackson. I think our buddy Jake Seeley brought it up on the Sunday live stream. I'm sure it's come up on other pods at some point in the last couple of weeks, and for the struggles that Lamar Jackson has had this year, it's easy to lose sight of the fact he's still averaging nearly 24 fantasy points per game. And I know it's a far cry from the 30-plus you were getting from him in most formats a year ago, but that's still a really good floor. And you know you're getting ceiling in the weeks where he finds the end zone as a runner, maybe throws multiple touchdown passes. Those are absolute smash games more often than not. His schedule opens up in a big way down the stretch. You've got the Titans coming up here in Week 11, a tough matchup against the Steelers in Week 12. But then you've got Dallas, Cleveland, and Jacksonville in Weeks 13 through 15. The Giants' defense is better than people give it credit for, but not so good that you'd avoid them. That's his matchup for the Fantasy Championship Week for many leagues in Week 16. So Lamar Jackson makes a lot of sense as a player whose value has fallen since draft day and since auction day. 
but you absolutely should consider going after him in leagues where you have someone willing to move him. And I think that circumstance is one where if you had Lamar Jackson, you probably weren't rostering a backup quarterback to begin the season. But maybe a few weeks in, you picked up Justin Herbert, right? Maybe you picked up Jameis Winston off the waiver wire. Maybe you picked up someone else more recently that you feel like could just be the glue guy in your lineup and trading Jackson away gives you a path to getting an upgrade somewhere else. You're just going to play the the mix and match game at quarterback. There's all sorts of reasons someone would actually trade Lamar Jackson away. And I think there's a compelling reason in that schedule to actually trade for him if you have an unsettled quarterback situation. Yeah, I think there's definitely a perception bias happening with Lamar Jackson this season because he's not the guy that he was a season ago from a production standpoint. And if you rewind back to late August, early September, when we were all really sitting down and drafting, he was a top two quarterback pretty comfortably right there with Patrick Mahomes ahead of the next tier of guys, which includes Russell Wilson. Uh, who is the number one or number two quarterback, Who uh, Kyler Murray, who is right there with Russell Wilson, and then Dak Prescott, who was right there before his season-ending injury. So you factor those two things together, and you can see why the person who spent that capital on Lamar Jackson is a little bit frustrated. But you said all the things you said about him. He's still QB9, right? I mean, it's not like he has had the bottom totally fall out on him. Still QB9 for the season. Still comfortably a quarterback one. Still someone who you are going to start every single week with confidence, regardless of what the opponent matchup is. And this season, I mean, we still have seen him throw one, two, three, four, five games with multiple touchdowns. I mean, that's really not bad. The rushing slowed down a little bit early in the season, but over the last four games, he's had at least 55 yards rushing in all four of them, uh, two touchdowns in that stretch too. So we're starting to see shades of the 2019 Lamar Jackson in the 2020 Lamar Jackson. Acquisition cost is always going to be uh, the main driver here, but definitely looking like someone who should at least be discussed, who if you do need some help at the quarterback position can at least be discussed as long as you are not giving up what that person who drafted him had to give up to get him because he is definitely a value bust. I would say no matter what happens the rest of the season, Lamar Jackson will go down as a 2020 value bust, just not a true bust still in the top 10 at the quarterback position. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, Derek, I want to take us back to the running back position because there is another name here that really jumps out at me, and it is Ezekiel Elliott, been traded 884 times over the previous 24 hours on Yahoo. And this is one where I really, in a vacuum, I can't say which side of this I come down on. If I am someone who is sitting 
pretty sitting at that eight and two mark I keep referring to, then I could see wanting to roll the dice on Ezekiel Elliott. And if I were five and five, I could see trying to trade him away and make that push. But at the same time, I mean, the volume has pretty much been there. This is one that just, it just doesn't feel like a slam dunk in either way when you're looking at this from the uh, neutral point of view. Uh, it's a fun guy to talk about because of what we know the ceiling can be, even with where this Dallas offense is. And yeah, I just feel like the Dallas offense is going to be far better than it has been post-Dak. Getting Andy Dalton back under center after this bye week, it's not going to be anywhere near where it was with Dak, but it's got to be better than what we've seen post-Dak, doesn't it? It's got to be a little better. I mean, I think part of the problem for me with Zeke is he doesn't really have any easy matchups on the schedule. In fact, once you get to the fantasy playoffs, San Francisco and Philadelphia await in weeks 15 and 16 – They've allowed the fifth and sixth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs, so that's not going to be cushy. I think teams can kind of sell out to stop the run and make Andy Dalton try to beat them, and yeah, it's a great group of pass catchers, so maybe Dalton is good enough to at least keep the Cowboys in games and help Zeke find the end zone, something he has not done since week five. Like That is unbelievable to see Ezekiel Elliott go four games without scoring, but uh, things have been pretty bleak in Dallas the last couple of weeks. I have some optimism with Dalton coming back, but I mean, if we were drafting today for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. is Zeke a late second rounder, early third rounder? Is that probably about where he goes? Kind of where the the volume backs who are not in good offenses begin to go in most drafts? Yeah, I think so. I think that's uh, off the top of my head about where I would put him. Um, you know, we got we have such a huge crop of running backs and receivers who would all be ahead of him. I think that's fair, and I wonder what he would be going for. I mean, I wonder what you're getting him for in the trade market. I suppose it's something that we could uh, dive into, but it's just it's just such a it's such a bizarre team. It's such a hard team to figure out uh, exactly what it's going to look like coming out of this bye. I do feel decent. I guess the guy who I feel best about there is CeeDee Lamb. I just feel as though he is going to vibe with uh, with uh, Andy Dalton in a way that no one else can. I feel like their skill sets are nice fits for one another. And Andy Dalton's first start was a disaster for the Cowboys. But CeeDee Lamb had uh, six catches, I believe it was, on 11 targets for 74 yards in that game. He was the one guy who, in that first game at least, stayed mostly producing on the same level where he was with Dak Prescott. So he's a guy who I think could be very interesting in the trade market. I mean, right, there's, there are some buying opportunities with these underperforming teams, with the Ravens, with the Cowboys, maybe with – God, I mean, I was going to throw the Patriots in there, but I can't really think of anyone who I would want to <laughs> trade for with the Patriots. That's another place to look, right? Look at some teams that are underperforming and go find players there that you can find spots for in your lineup. Yeah, I think Jacoby Myers might be the guy that I would try to trade for because I think when you have a player pop up midseason as a waiver wire addition, I think a lot of people see that player as found money. And maybe there's excess in that player's lineup at wide receiver. So they would be willing to part with Myers for a lower end running back or some tight end help or maybe a quarterback upgrade, right? And that might be worth doing because Jacoby Myers. He's getting 9.3 yards per target. He's showing big playability. He's showing rapport with Cam Newton, and he's getting steady targets week in and week out. I mean, 6, 10, 14, and 7 now over the last four weeks with a couple of difficult matchups sprinkled in. So he's doing it with volume. He hasn't done a lot in terms of finding the end zone, but that's going to happen eventually. A couple of nice matchups coming up for the Patriots too with the Texans on the slate in week 11, the Cardinals coming up 
in week 12. Look a little further ahead. You get the Dolphins again in week 15. They haven't been totally locked down against the posing receivers. Maybe a higher scoring game than usual for the Patriots awaiting in championship week against the Bills uh, in week 16 as well. So I think there are a few pretty good spots for Myers on top of the fact that he seems to be the clear-cut number one receiver in this offense right now. All right, let's talk about one more guy here before we wrap things up. The most traded wide receiver has been A.J. Brown. So people, you got got a group of people who want to sell the Titans and a group of people who want to buy the Titans. Put me on the same side as where I was with Derrick Henry. If I'm going to be trading for or away A.J. Brown in a vacuum, I want to be on the side that is receiving him. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the, the matchups that are good for Henry are also good for the receiving game. Those are just bad defenses in general, especially the the Jags and the Lions. Uh, the Packers with Jair Alexander maybe present a more difficult matchup for Brown. But Brown's the kind of player that, even against a good lockdown sort of corner, he's so big and fast that it doesn't take a lot for Brown to make value in any given week. I mean, look at the way his rookie year production was shaped with over 1,000 yards on just 52 catches. He's getting more volume than he was on a per-game basis. The offense as a whole looks like it is legit after you know Ryan Tannehill took over last season. I was pretty skeptical of their ability to put points on the board week in and week out. Those questions have been answered. So I think A.J. Brown makes sense as well as someone you can target right now. And always good to target somebody coming off their worst game of the season. One catch for 21 yards on mm-hmm. four targets for A.J. Brown last Thursday against the Colts. Maybe some fear out there because they've got the Ravens in Week 11 and the Colts again in Week 12 before things start to open up to that passing game. Yeah, great target for those of you sitting at 10-0, 9-1, 8-2, even 7-3 and and comfortably headed to your playoffs. That's going to do it for this episode. It was fun, a little bit something different. Maybe we'll keep on doing that for our Wednesday episodes the rest of the season. Something different, not trade talk because we got the trade deadlines right here. No deadline on getting a subscription to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash football in 15. Get yourself a subscription for just $1 a week. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. We will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.